0: Welcome to a special edition of the Alpha Universe podcast. I'm Christopher Robinson coming to you from the Condo Trip 1.0 in Santa Barbara, California. And with me today are Gary Hart and Don Smith, both Sony Artisans of Imagery, who have been using the new wide-angle lenses just introduced. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Sure. Thanks, Chris. I want to talk about the new lenses that are just being introduced. I know you guys both had a chance to use the 1224 and the new 1635 F28 G Master.
1: How did you um, get to use them? Well, um, we used them together at the Columbia River Gorge for a couple days, and and, then I took one, the 1224 to Yosemite. Don took the 1635 to uh, Big Sur, and we had a blast.
0: And how did you find them to work out for you for,
1: for landscape photography? The 1224 was, for me, it's made for Yosemite. I mean, it's just... I didn't want to give it back. It was uh, just, you know, there's so many close scenes of huge subjects, El Capitan, Half Dome, and uh, it was just fabulous. And Don? Both
2: lenses were amazing. Um, We both own the 1635 F4. But when you shoot with that 1635 G Master lens and you enlarge these images up on your computer screen and see the edge-to-edge sharpness throughout the frame, it is absolutely phenomenal, and the 12 to 24 is just a treat. It's going to allow me to do images I haven't even conceived of doing in the past.
1: Yeah. yeah so.
0: It really does seem like an ideal landscape lens, you know, that ultra wide angle made for
1: the full frame, you know, full frame cameras. Yeah, and you know what really impressed me too was how sharp it is. I mean, I was shooting it all the way wide open, 12, 12 millimeters, and sharp. All the way, all the way across, all the corners, and then I used it. Did a little bit of night photography with it too, and so I had it wide open, and um, still just wonderfully sharp. Just that uh, was it. Really surprised me uh, that the, I don't know how they did it. But. You know, I think
0: some people will question that Sony has already a pretty highly regarded sixteen thirty five f four, which is a I love, much much loved landscape lens. Love
1: that lens, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and why would they come out with a sixteen thirty five f two eight you know G Master, especially because as if we're gonna look at this as a landscape lens, do you really need that extra stop? But there are some other benefits besides just that extra stop. How yeah. did you find that?
2: Well, I, I think as Gary said, as a night night lens, it'll be a, a go to lens for me, and you know it's just easier. In not only at night but on the edges of the day uh, day when we shoot both dawn and dusk light, that focusing gets a little more difficult to do and when you got that extra stop of light coming through and you're able to really critically look at your range of focus from near to far and what's sharp and what's not, along with the you know the abilities that Sony have put into the cameras like focus peaking, it's gonna be virtually I mean, you would really have to not be paying attention to misfocus on your shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it really. That's yeah, a good point. It is a really good night lens. The two eight. You know, I I, I love the compact the combination of compactness and sharpness of the f four. I was actually pleased with how compact the two eight is, mm-hmm. um, and then the speed um, because when I shoot night, I like a lot of sky, and so I I like to go as wide as I can, and and. You know, as Don said, you know, it's it's not just getting that extra extra light f- for exposure, but for focus, uh, and that's that's often the biggest challenge with night photography is is getting focus.
0: And we were talking earlier, Gary, about how you work, and you don't like to, you know, be playing with your images much in
1: in post. Yeah, I'm I'm a I consider myself a a film photographer with a digital camera, um, and so I I don't like to. I, I mean, I appreciate the ability to to manage my images after the fact and I'm not, I'm not saying I don't process my images but but I don't like to do things like stitch images, um, you know blend images, everything, if I can't get it with one click I don't shoot it and um, having that 12 to 24 a, again, you know, I could if if, if I were in, into stitching, you know, I could you know, but that's a whole lot more work and I just love being able to walk up to a scene wow, there it is get the whole thing in. I mean, I a shot of El Capitan and three brothers, fully reflected, and, you know, it was something I'd always dreamed about shooting, and, you know, there it was, right right in my uh, viewfinder. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask
0: both of you, how did you come to shoot Sony? Let's start with hmm. you, Don.
2: Well, that's pretty easy. I, I really kind of took the lead in this. I have an affiliation with B&H Photo, and... I, one, of my, one of the colleagues that Gary and I both know, uh, I saw a blog he wrote and he was raving about the A7R. And so I thought, you know, I'll, that'll be my next camera. I'll test. And I called up B&H and about a week later I had the camera. And within the first couple shoots... I called them back and said, go ahead and charge this to my credit card because you're not getting it back. (laughs) That's how I impressed. and, And what really impressed me more than anything, and that for landscape photographers, so important, is the dynamic range of that sensor was unlike anything I had ever seen before. And that's in 12 years of teaching workshops and seeing images come off the best of the best cameras. And... It, it just, I kept calling Gary I said, you know, I think he got tired of hearing me uh, talk about it. <laughs> and exactly I said, you're <laughs> just not going to believe the range. You basically go back, you know, the old axiom for when we did black and white film, exposed for the highlights, processed for the shadows. And that's basically what I do. I control the highlight and that shadow is amazing what opens up in that shadow and can continually open up. You, ju- you go, it's almost an endless pit. Of, you know, eventually you'll get down to where you can't open it anymore. But uh, so the sensor, bottom line, is what hooked me right off the get go.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I'll, I'll have to echo that. I mean, I did. I got tired of him raving about it. So I could, <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, okay. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure it's better. I'm sure the dynamic range is better, and I I'll, I'll like the compactness. and And I thought I would get it as something that would augment what I was already doing. And literally. From the first night I shot with that camera, I haven't I haven't touched my other camera. Have not fired a, a single frame, and and it was the dynamic range. We're not talking like you know a half stop, two thirds of a stop. We're talking two to three stops of dynamic range that, that I was getting. It's just you know amazing. And then there's the other stuff, that, and the other mirrorless benefits that you know, take a little getting used to. That I just absolutely love now. The focus peaking mm-hmm. and. And um, I've actually gotten uh, really lazy with my metering now because I used to be, you know, very meticulous spot meter, manual mode, um, but I still shoot in in manual mode. But the metering with the Sony, in the past, I would spot meter, manual mode, you know, and and I was real comfortable because, because it gives me the kind of control I want. And now with the mirrorless, you know, in my viewfinder, I've got the histogram, I've got the highlight alert, I just, Keep cranking my my shutter speed up to it, until I get the highlight alert, and then I know I can push it another two thirds to full stop beyond that. And and I've got and then I, I verify I can check with the histogram too. That's that's the other thing, getting that before I shoot. So it just it's made it it's made the metering a whole lot easier and a lot less stressful. I mean, just remembering for my film days and you know I, you know you don't need to bracket. There's there's absolutely no need to bracket anymore.
0: And, you know, dynamic range obviously important for any photographer, but in landscape
1: photography, it's, oh, it's, it's everything. It's, it's everything. It, it, it is everything. Yeah, it really is.
2: I, I, in fact, when I travel now, I rarely will bring, a, bring along grads. There's time still, because I'm thinking back to older cameras, other competitors I won't mention, where I would have to bracket maybe a series of five stops and hope I could do some blending and sophisticated masking. Rarely, I'll I'll still do that because I'm still attuned to doing that, but it, it almost is inevitable when I go through that edit, it's one frame I find that I can balance the highlights and the shadows in even the most extreme situations you can find a quick example was at the grand canyon we were waiting for a sunset shot and we got on location fairly early and so out to the west the sun was shining and i just said you know i'm just going to point the camera at the sun of course the canyon was in full shadow Mm -hmm. took that i recovered all the highlights off the sun i could literally pull that back in Lightroom and open up all the shadows to balance it and i have this beautiful sun star Mm -hmm. over a perfectly exposed grand canyon that is, that's basically human vision we're, we're getting to with these sensors. It's it's, it's just it really, amazing. It's
1: true, and I, I, the example I like to cite is um, Antelope Canyon, and I've seen pictures in the past of Antelope Canyon, um, you know, dark shadows in the canyon with the blue sky above, and and, I, and I've known well, okay, that's a composite. Somebody shot the sky, and then taking my my A seven R two in there and shooting with one click and getting blue sky in. All the detail in the in the shadows. I just I never imagined that would be possible. Nice. And you know, at the time that you guys
0: switched over to Sony, the, the cameras really had gotten to a, a very sophisticated point, the sensors as we talked about. Mm-hmm. But the lenses, you know, the lens collection was was smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, smaller than a lot of the competitors. But over the past year we've seen really a, a lot of very, very high quality lenses mm-hmm. come out and kind of getting us to the point where with these two new introductions, The line is starting to feel very, very full, I Mm. think. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. Completely, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think Sony, everything now, even with the introduction of the 100-400, which I got to play with in New York a couple weeks ago, is just incredible. And the lineup, I know there's thought of, you know, they're going to add in the longer glass even still going forward, where really it's going to become such a complete system. Now the sports photographers with the A9 are on will be on board. Wildlife f- photographers will be on board and and long glass is coming starting right with the 100 to 400. Yeah. That's just amazingly sharp throughout the entire range. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And don't even get me started about the the A7S Mark 2 and uh, the, uh, the night stuff and and uh, you know this ability to see in the dark. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, with the with the Sony cameras, you've always had the ability to adapt a lot of other lenses to mm-hmm. it because of the mirrorless design. But there's a real advantage to working with the native lenses. And so having something like the new the new twelve twenty-four, mm-hmm. the new sixteen thirty-five F-28. these are a real there's a real benefit to being able to use these Sony lenses rather than having to go to someone else's lens and and adapt
2: exactly like for my night photography i've currently been using the 1424 nikon which has been a really staple sharp zoom lens for years but uh, i don't get any of that information passed along it's a little ring i have to fumble with of course i open it wide open and set the time but um now with with these two new lenses out It'll it'll be gone <laughs> along with my a lot of my other lenses you know because everything's being replaced by Sony now. So we'll tell people to look for your eBay listing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> and you know, and it's and you know, and it's not just a matter of you know. Well, this is Sony glass. This is this is good. You know, quality glass. I mean, these are, some. These lenses are some of the sharpest lenses I've yeah. ever shot with. I mean, they are sharper than what I was shooting with before.
2: Well, they're sharper than primes I've shot with in the past. And that's saying quite a bit for zoom lenses. We've come that far, and Sony-Zeiss combination, I mean, I don't know how you're going to make these lenses any sharper than what I'm seeing. Yeah, They're just incredibly sharp. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you guys teach a lot of workshops. You teach workshops together, and a lot of landscape workshops. When you're in a landscape workshop, do you find that a lot of people are bringing uh, ultra-wide angle zooms and don't really know exactly how... To use them? Yeah.
2: Well what well, that's a great question. Because what I find, and it always comes back, I ask a person, I'll, I'll pull them aside, we'll watch them work, and they'll say, Well, you know, when I bought this lens, the salesperson told me I now I can get these big wide sweeping panoramas. Well, that's fine, but that's not really how a pro thinks about using an ultra-wide uh angle lens. My thought pattern is now I can get, you know, if I have flowers or whatever is in my foreground, I really want to get. A portion of that frame up close and very tight in fact when we were shooting with these lenses up in the columbia river gorge i had the 12 to 24 and uh, we had a lot of wind <laughs> everything oh, from yeah. 20 to 30 mile an hour winds so now my way of compensating for that was to go into auto iso mode with my a7r2 but it still allowed me to move up onto these Flowers, These beautiful balsam root flowers, they look like a sunflower almost. And as we'd get more into like dusk or dawn light, we'd have the Columbia River in the background and the beautiful clouds lighting up. And with auto ISO, that, that took, I, I knew the shutter speed I pretty much needed to get these flowers to settle down and look sharp in the frame. And I was literally, you know, some, some shots up four or six inches away from these flowers, really letting them fill the frame. And, and then allowing the sky and the river to kind of come in as the background, as, as sort of a uh, to to create that illusion of depth and fill the picture out, fill the frame. Yeah, absolutely, you know.
0: that close-up wide angle. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and I think that's really important for people listening to this who don't quite understand how to use a wide angle. Get in close to your subject. That that's what they're designed to allow you to do.
1: Yeah, it's really true. I th- I know you know using the Grand Canyon as an example, and people see this magnificent panoramic vista and they they walk up and they put their their wide angle lens on and they shoot it and then they you know click and they come back and they're disappointed everything's so small and you know as don said you know getting some foreground perspective to create that illusion of depth in there makes all the difference in the world great
0: you can find the show notes for this episode at alphauniverse.com. Subscribe to the Alpha Universe podcast at iTunes or in the podcast app on your smartphone or tablet.